and I think the most important thing is to get a good night's sleep. Maybe harder than it sounds because you know you're literally about to face the、uh, huge qualifying exam the next day. But by any means necessary, I think just to get a good night's sleep. I would allocate 30 minutes,、um, roughly 30 minutes, actually 30 minutes、um, for each 10 question blocks. So let's say I did my first 10 questions in you know 20 minutes.、Um, I'd use the last 10 minutes to review the first 10 questions, and then once 30 minute the 30 minute mark hits, I stop and I move on to the next 10 questions. And remember to ask your questions.、Um, if you think it's a silly question, then look it up. Don't don't ask your supervisor then,、um, but you know if you can't find it, you'd rather look stupid before you get into the exam room than go into the exam room and think, oh man, why didn't I ask that question before? Welcome back to the pod. So sorry for the long absence. As you can imagine, I have been revising for my own pre-reg exam, and you know, thankfully, I've passed and have been quite busy with work in the hospital. But we're finally back with episode number five. At the time of recording,、um, it's around two weeks before the next pre-reg exam in July. So today, I'm just going to give some last-minute tips for the current cohort of pre-regs about to take their exam, and then actually later give on give some tips about planning. For the whole pre-reg year, for the current pharmacy students about to start their journey, so if you're a pharmacy student or about to start your pre-reg, and you want to skip the first part, which is just the last-minute tips,、um, you might want to go to the, the time that I'm gonna put on the caption or comment to hear what I did for the whole of last year or two years ago now, actually, and what I would advise doing as a long-term plan. But otherwise, I'll start answering the questions on my list that I've. Kindly ask some yeah of the pre-regs what they would want to hear.、Um, so here we go. So what did I find the most difficult, and how did I overcome them? So I think that the most difficult thing I've faced during the exam was the mental time pressure. I say mental is because um uh it's not actually there. You're just thinking about it so much. You're like, oh my god, I need to rush this. I need to rush this because I don't have time. I don't have time. But um I think obviously. If you haven't already,、um, do the papers or questions in like time situations. I think that helps out a lot. If you keep practicing in time situations, you get you eventually pick up and go faster and faster. But not just faster, you get probably get more accurate as well.、Um, but on the day, I didn't believe this when someone told me this as well. But on the day, your adrenaline will kick in,、um, so you will do the questions faster than you expected.、Um, so don't worry too much if you're still on. The end where on the slower end where you're thinking, oh my god, I'm literally just finishing these questions just about on time. Um, on the day, I'm sure you'll do faster, a lot faster than you actually did. Funny story is, um, I actually did, I, I did my first ten questions in twenty minutes, so it's two minutes per question. But I thought I was late on time because I looked at the clock wrong. So. Realistically, you do have more time than you actually think. So just stay calm. Remember to stay calm in the exam and just keep doing them、um, as you go. And then another question that I thought would be good was:、um, 
what do I what do I do with the questions that didn't expect or never expected to be there? So some of the questions that you know there there will be questions that throw you off. Um, I think one of them in my exam was like a multiple in the MCQs. Um, you'd find like drugs that you've never seen before, or well, maybe someone has, some of you have. Um, but it's quite like a specialist drug. I can't remember what the question was, but don't get thrown off by these questions because. In reality, all the questions just end up worth one mark. So if you can't answer that question, just skip it and just go on to the next one um, and leave it to the end. Because even if you don't answer them, it's just still one mark you've lost. So it's not really or not the end of the world. Um, okay, so what about the 50-50s? Again, just think logically and don't spend too much time deciding on the 50-50s because, again, it's worth a mark and that's it. Um, just think of what you would do as a responsible pharmacist whilst you're working and how you would advise patients or whatever the question is asking. And just think of the most logical thing to put on the paper because the, the answer is on the sheet, so you can't really go wrong. Um, most of the times, your gut feeling is almost always right because when you start doubting yourself and you're second-guessing yourself, that's when uh, things go south and you get them wrong because you're doubting yourself. But usually there's a reason why your gut is feeling some way and I, I, should have, I should have trusted my gut because I found out that I, when I second-guessed and chose another answer, I actually got those answers wrong. <laughs> so I think your gut feeling is a pretty strong indicator if you're going for 50-50s. So I would leave it at that. Um, long questions. Again, Try to prioritize the ones that are easier to, to, to answer, the shorter ones, because again, everything is worth one mark. Um, and so when you're reading the questions, I would just advise you to skip uh, skim uh, the questions and see if it's good enough for you to answer in three minutes, um, roughly, and three and a bit um, in the clinical. Um, you really don't need that much time. Most of, most of the questions don't need that much time. But in the clinical, there are some really wordy questions. So I'd probably leave them at the last and do them later. Um, so let's say, and another question was, um, let's say you're in the exam and you've skipped so many questions and you're panicking right now. What do I do? So I would just say, I would just say, although it sounds really cliche and hard, just try and keep calm and just think logically about the questions and what they're trying to get you to think. Um, the answer's on the screen and you honestly have a blind chance of 20% to get it right. So all you have to do is just remember what you've been taught the whole year, what you've seen the whole year and think logically. And I'm sure you can rule out some of the stuff. Most of the times it's just nerves that you, you can't remember or you can't um, figure out some of the questions. Uh, once you've calmed the nerves, you're, you're fine. So take a breather because you have more time than you really need. I think I ended up finishing 30 minutes early um, from, from my clinical exam and probably like 10, 15 minutes early for the maths exam. So you definitely have more time at the end to finish the ones that you know, you've, you've queried. So the next question I had was, so what did I do to prepare a day or two before the exam? And what did I do on the day? So before, a, f a few days before, or like a day or two before, I just kind of chilled out and did a half mock for the clinical and a full mock for the mass paper. Um, and then just read up on my mistakes and, and 
right up again in the highly weighted areas, uh, your cardio and your respiratory, not your respiratory, your CNS stuff, because they'll definitely come up. Um, and some of the condensed notes uh, that I made during my revision. Um, and I didn't, I didn't really go too hard afterwards because, you know, there's no point in um, rushing too hard on the last few days. That's, that's, at least that's how I tackled it because um, I know I've put quite a lot of work into it anyway. So um, I don't want to put more extra pressure on myself then because um, I feel like that's just going to ruin me if I did. Um, and then I also did some research on what brain foods that were good um, to eat on the day uh, or just before. So on the day, I made a little, well, before the, before the day, I made a little smoked salmon salad with eggs and loads of nuts uh, to bring into the test center on the day. Um, some, some people say don't change your diet close to the exam because it might upset your stomach and stuff you can't expect. But I think it's your choice. Um, to be fair, I eat quite a healthy diet anyway, so that wasn't very far off from what I used to eat. Um, but, you know, if you've done some done something one way and if it's not broken, just don't fix it. Um, and I think the most important thing is to get a good night's sleep. Maybe harder than it sounds because, you know, you're literally about to face the uh, huge qualifying exam the next day. But by any means necessary, I think just to get a good night's sleep. Nothing worse than turning up to the day of the exam having no sleep at all because you were just panicking the whole time. Uh, the night before so and there's also no point in worrying the night before the exam about something you can't figure out because realistically that's going to be like one one or two marks in the exam um you're more likely to succeed by getting the other 95 percent of the stuff you know for definite correct um so that that's what i would say so what happens on the day um, different. I think it's different in every center. Um, I've heard different things. People have different given been given different things. Um, as in, some people received a whiteboard that could, they can change. Some people only had one whiteboard. Um, so I think, honestly, this one I think it's just on the day. You just have to adapt um, to what they give you. And I would say just arrive, you know, ten to fifteen minutes early just to get uh, your nerves settled as much as you can. Um, and just not having to panic to get there. So leave your leave with ample time to get to the center. Um, and yeah, so, so I got myself signed in on the day. And the invigilators who are people at Pearson's, I think that's still where you do it, um, will tell you what you can and cannot bring in. Um, you go in and it's like how you would take a driving theory test or I think how you guys have been taking your Oreo SJTs and sit on a computer to do the exam. They start the next exam at a set time, but that's at least what they did for me. Uh, and so depending on, I think the last guy who finishes, last person who finishes the exam in your group or allocated time, that's how much time you get off um, to have your lunch before the next exam. So obviously you have the maths first and then the clinical. Um, so I had around 30 minutes-ish uh, to have my lunch. So I actually had enough, plenty of time to eat my lunch and just have a little break. Um, uh, so actually remember also remember to bring the right calculator i'm sure you've seen these before in your uni exams they'll, they'll allow you to bring certain kinds of calculators um, but i also brought two um, just in the sense because i didn't want to go in there and suddenly the calculator fails me um, so i'd advise to do the same um, 
And then another question I thought would be quite useful for you guys to know was, um, how do I tackle a 40 question mass paper? Cause realistically it is quite a long paper. Um, 40 questions, 120, 120 minutes. Um, some of you might be okay with it, but, but I definitely, when I did half marks, I was fine. When I did a full mark, which sometimes, um, providers don't give you, um, I felt quite drained after the question 20 or question 30 and you're literally like um, limping your way through the last 10. Um, so how did I tackle this issue? So um, whenever I did a mock or half mock, I split them into sets of tens. So I would allocate 30 minutes, um, roughly 30 minutes or actually 30 minutes um, for each 10 question blocks. So let's say I did my first 10 questions in you know 20 minutes. Um, I'd use the last 10 minutes to review the first 10 questions. And then once 30 minute, the 30 minute mark hits, I stop and I move on to the next 10 questions. Um, so in that way, even if you do spend more time than you need, you are forcing yourself to do the next 10 and then the next 10. So you make, you're basically making sure that you've got enough time to tackle all of them. And actually, I think when I'm, checking my answers in the last few minutes or spares or whatever time I have. Um, I'm not in that constant attack mode. So I actually, I'm a bit more relaxed because I'm just checking through the answers. Um, so that kind of gives my brain a little bit of a break before I go on to tackle the next 10. And that's how I did it. And I felt quite comfortable with that strategy actually. And I did, well, our office I passed. So I think I did something right. Um, so maybe that's a... Uh, strategy you might want to adopt um, but you know if if something has been working for you don't fix it uh, just keep doing what you, you're doing so for the clinical exam I didn't really split it I just went full um, question by question and then reviewed the ones that I flagged on the system um, at the end so I went back and saw the ones that I couldn't really answer and I just answered them uh, at the really real end because I had a lot of time to spare and I think most of us, most of you guys will have quite a bit of time, like 15, 30 minutes to actually go through the paper again. So um, definitely I recommend doing that um, because that's what I did. So, and it worked for me. So those are the questions that I thought would be quite useful for the current cohort taking the exam in July. Um, and so now I'm going to just move on to the tips that, I think would be quite useful for pre-registered about to start their year and uh, just tell you a bit about what kind of resources I used and how I planned the year and what I kind of um, looked for during the year. So first of all, I think your uni notes may help you understand some certain topics. And I actually did find that some of my uni lecture notes really helped me understand cardiology or respiratory. Um, but you have to remember what you're being tested for. So your uni exam may not reflect the same content as the pre-reg exam um, because obviously in uni, you cover a lot of different stuff like aseptics and radiopharmacy and yada, yada, yada. But in the actual exam, you're, the exam, the pre-reg exam is there to make sure you're able to practice as an RP. So usually they're going to test you on clinical stuff, um, the most common things you'd find uh, in, in the store that you can't get wrong, like red flags and stuff. Um, so remember that and plan your revision like that. 
and not folk and not tunnel vision on something you found really really interesting but you probably never seen it in your life again um because that'll definitely not be an exam um so i did that uh whilst i was advising so i hope i think that would be a good place to start in terms of content to focus um i'd also say settle in your job first uh and use as much time as you need to do this um and what I mean is for the first few months, some of you might not be able to stand on your feet the whole day because it's quite a shock when you first start a community job, a hostel job, you're actually working on a five, holy shit. Um, like you have been studying the whole time and then suddenly you're working uh, nine to five. It's quite culture shock, I think, for me anyway, um, when I started. So if you need a, need a break at 9.30 after doing two histories in the hospital or having a little coffee break in community pharmacy after at 10.30 or something, um, do it and just get used to your job first and the rhythm of w- the work life and and then think about revising after you're comfortable with your whole work life um, because revising after work is tough you probably get home super tired after your first few months every day because you, your body just is just not geared up to do this um, some of you might be fine but it's just for the ones that you know have might be struggling the first few months don't don't be disappointed that you're struggling because everyone probably has um, been struggling at the start so nothing new just focus on getting your job done correctly and fine before planning out your 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 revision and to be honest if i revised in september and my exam was june i probably wouldn't remember a thing in september so (laughs) there's really no point um, so for me, I think I spent around four months to s- revise for my exam. So obviously my cohort was disrupted by COVID. So my exam was in March and um, I started revising at around November time. And they, that gave me a good amount of time to fully revise everything that I needed. I think I needed to know. Um, so I think that's a good starting point. Uh, some of you might need you know, six months. Some of you might need two months or even two weeks. Um, I also like to stress that um, I was lucky lucky enough to get um, my final month and a half leading up to the exam um, t- some time off then. So I basically worked half day for one and a half months, or actually just one month. Um, so that's how I did it. But if you don't think you can get time off soon or close to the exam date, I either recommend you booking in early um, but if you know that you can't get it off, then maybe spend more time revising than four months. Uh, just depends how you are, how you work. But um, I've just wanted to let you guys know how I did it. And then I'd say um, revising doesn't just mean looking at the textbook at home or writing down any notes and writing down notes. Um, when you're working, try to note down something you didn't understand during the day or like a specific caution you saw on a label when you're doing dispensing and just look it back, look back, uh, look it up in the evening. That usually helps me solidify the knowledge I have, um, and it's quite important actually, because um, there will be counseling questions in the exam, and you will need to know your warning labels, for example. And just remember, when you're working, you're basically revising. So taking like a day off because you're really tired from that day of work isn't the isn't the end of it. Um, because you've been working so hard during the day, you probably learned a lot more during that day than looking at a textbook um, in the evening, half asleep. <laughs> so um, yeah, that's what I would say too. Um, have a plan. I'd say have a plan for a week 
uh, a rough idea for the month and then the next three months and just achieve small goals after small goals um, because you have to balance that with writing your evidences and that's really tough. Um, I think writing evidences and revising at the same time and working full-time, damn, that's, that's hard. Like, it's, it's, it's tough. So really need to get used to one thing after the other. Um, so that's what I would do as well. And remember to ask your questions. Um, if you think it's a silly question, then look it up. Don't don't ask your supervisor then. Um, but you know, if you can't find it, you'd rather look stupid before you get into the exam room than go into the exam room and think, "Oh man, why didn't I ask that question before? Um, or why didn't I research it before?" Um, so I I definitely ask the question to whoever you can find. And then um, finally, don't forget to don't forget to keep on with your hobbies um, to just to keep sane. Um, so I, I personally like basketball, so I just play basketball um, to kind of get my stress out the way and just take a break from pharmacy and revision. Um, I also work out sometimes, so that helps me release some stress as well. Because otherwise, if you compromise too much, you'll burn out and lose motivation to study at all. So remember your hobbies. Um, so before I carry on to say which resources I have used and found quite useful, I like to say that I'm not sponsored by any of these people or groups to say this. I just personally thought they were quite useful. Um, so I found that joining discussion groups on WhatsApp helpful sometimes, um, although sometimes, you, you know, you get some um, really long notifications and sometimes you get them when you don't want them. But um, I joined the Greenlight Support Group uh, helped by Babir um, and they used to hold a 9pm session where they discussed certain medications and I actually found them quite interesting and quite useful sometimes because um, I may forget a certain caution but another pre-reg in the group might say it and it actually just etch it in my brain that much more um, I usually remember that better um, I used to use uh, Farm Educate as a revision guide because it provided me with a lot of good summaries and dif of different specialties, specialities, sorry, um, to learn. And they usually give good uh, mnemonics to remember some key things like um, some commonly used water-soluble beta blockers. Um, so yeah, Farm Educate, I highly recommend. Th the only catch with Farm Educate is just to remember it's a summary. So um you would still have to, you know, look in the BNF treatment summaries or review some of the nice guidelines um, that are commonly used. So your hypertension guidelines, I definitely want to stay up to date with them uh, and see if there are any discrepancies. And but otherwise, it's pretty good. I also follow the flashcard pharmacist, uh, and the page is really good. Um, you get like a daily quiz. Actually, you get three quizzes, ish, three to four quizzes every day, um, and it can range from OTC, um, clinical stuff, and um, some prescription final check, clinical check final check kind of errors. Um, I think the page is really good, um, and you get feedback every time you ask the question wrong, and or if you request some. So um, I think give them a follow, um, and you can just do quizzes every day to keep your knowledge up to scratch. So I also did quite a few mocks uh, when I studied for my exam and I found that the UEA, uh, Keel and the RPS mock resembled quite a lot of the um, clinical exam in the pre-reg exam. So 
I would I did those and they're pretty good. Uh, so they I would probably do them if I were you when I'm revising for my actual exam. Um, I'm not saying the other ones didn't resemble the exam. I just thought the difficulty and a style of question was quite similar to the actual exam. Um, so otherwise, I also so for OTC. I mainly use the free CPP booklet you can find on their website for minor ailments. Um, and then I fortified my knowledge by using Frank and Rutter's book for community pharmacy. Um, I did that because I, I knew the CPPE booklet was had a really good layout and they would give a good backbone of knowledge for most of the conditions you need to know for the exam. But then sometimes you want to go visit Frank and Rutter's book to see if you've missed anything um, that might be also useful um, because Frank and Rutter does go quite in depth with most of the conditions. Um, so I did that and I felt quite comfortable with my OTC by the end of my revision. Um, and then moving on to palm to p just use the RPS guide you can find on the website. Uh and finally, calculations. So I've really struggled with my calculations when I first started pre-reg, but by the end of the by the end of my year, I felt quite comfortable doing them. Um, I used on track, and I actually I actually paid for the three months, um, and I think they were the most similar uh, in terms of difficulty. Obviously, you're gonna get those ones where you can do like in ten seconds. They'll ask you like something like what is ten millimoles in moles, and you can answer them in like five seconds, but not. Otherwise, most of the questions um, were quite similar to the actual math exam and the pre-reg exam. Um, so, and I finished the entire question bank. Um, yes, they do tell you when you have actually finished the question bank. Um, so I can, I think I can vouch for the how similar the questions are. So finally, I just like to wish everyone who will be taking the exam soon good luck and. Hopefully, we'll see your name on the register in the next couple of months. Um, and for the ones that are starting your pre-reg journey, it's a long marathon. So um, if you have any concerns or questions, just don't be afraid to ask your supervisors, your tutors, um, and even drop me a message uh, on our Instagram page or Facebook page or just DM me. And I'm sure I can help you as much as I can or get someone else to help you as well. So thank you for listening and I hope you have a great rest of your day.